This is Chew the Clock, episode 22. Wow, who would have thought? 22 episodes. Today, this episode was recorded on April 26th, and I am your host, Peter Gibbs. Today, what I have is a kind of flashback to the fall. You know, what goes well together? Football and cheerleaders. Today, this episode is going to be talking about the recent cheerleaders national championship and then Hayden Kulik will join me for the Hayden Kulik power hour where he and I discuss the NFL draft that is taking place on April 27th with that let's play that intro For the Cheer National Championship, you're going to hear two different staff reporters from Viewpoints. You're going to hear Delilah Romero, who was up first. She actually covered the story for the Cheer National Championship. Then after that, you will hear one of our very own cheerleaders, who is also a member of Viewpoints. That is Ilani Cervantes. Hope you enjoy. Joining me now for a little in-depth analysis of how Cheer did this past week in the national competition is our very own staff reporter, Delilah Romero. Thanks for joining me. Hi. Thank you for having me, actually. Yeah. Um, today, we're like I said, we're going to talk about Cheer. And you ended up doing a great story on the competition that they had. This was just the all-girls team. We also learned that the co-ed team placed third so congratulations to both teams a really good season very proud of them and I'm sure they're proud of themselves too what I want to ask you first Delilah is what was the vibe that the cheerleaders were giving when you interviewed them what did they say and how was the experience for them traveling to Florida when talking with the cheerleaders they mentioned that their experience there was surreal that was actually a word that they used when talking to me that it was surreal being there, seeing all the different cheerleading teams there, that they felt intimidated yet excited mm-hmm. to see this new level of competition that they haven't been with before. Yeah. And they felt really confident. They were telling me that they felt that they had a great team, that they knew what they had to do, and they just had to go out there and execute like they knew they could. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really intriguing to me because I don't have much experience with cheer and I know not necessarily you do too, but you've gotten experience with this. What was one of the important things that they had to do with scoring and their routine? What, what happened there? Well, the one thing I learned about scoring is for the whole event, they had a score of 90 mm-hmm. and they would get deductions based on if they miss a tumble, if they are off timing, and just anything. So it was really important that they knew what they had to do, did it on time, did it on cue. So with RCC, they actually ended up with a 92.1713 as their final event score. Hmm. So they even went above and beyond of that max score. 
you know, that's really what hap- has to happen when it comes to championship teams. Um, they always seem to step up championship teams and perform above expectations, go above and beyond, just like you said. Um, who was the who was the longest tenured cheerleader on the team? What was her experience like? The longest we have is Ivy Rodriguez, and mm-hmm. she actually mentioned to me that she is a four-year student. Wow. And I was told that she became a cheerleader on RCC's team before COVID hit. Wow. And I know the COVID years were a little different. You weren't able to go out and do everything. So Mm -hmm. she's still on the team actually today. And she's been through this whole journey. And she's seen so much turnover, right? And uh, what, what, what was her... What did she express to you when you interviewed her about the journey and what it meant to her for winning? Her actual quote would be that it shows that hard work pays off. She told me that this team was super special to her, that she's known these girls for years, Mm -hmm. and that it was so important that they were able to go out there, give it their all, and call themselves champions now. So I think it's really special to her that after all these obstacles in the way of having a pandemic in the middle of the season and then Mm -hmm. having to come back in and execute how they did. You know, the one thing that you had mentioned with in your story was uh, this was broadcast nationally on Netflix. Was it done this year or just in the past had it been national? In the past. Okay. I actually watched the show. Oh, it was very on, cool. It's on Netflix. It was called Cheer. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of follow this college, Navarro College. Okay. That I believe they're in Texas. Gotcha. And it focused on them, their training, their trip there, mm-hmm. the atmosphere in Florida. So the cheerleaders actually mentioned that they seen that college there. So it was kind of like a starstruck moment in a way mm. that they got to put themselves in the same atmosphere as them. Gotcha. Um, so obviously not being broadcast this year, but it's a big deal. Um, did you ask any questions to the report or to the different cheerleaders about them traveling in the past? How, how far have they traveled? How far east? How far north? I don't believe I asked any specific questions like that, but I did ask about how it was traveling there and mm-hmm. what was it like once they touched down in Florida, and they all gave me sort of the same answers that it was exciting, it was surreal that, well, I believe one mentioned that they haven't traveled before. Mm, So traveling with the team made it more of a comforting feeling. Yeah. So I think like a sophomore, Mm -hmm. Savannah Schaffer mentioned to me that there was many teams around them, but it was intimidating yet got them to push harder and get through the whole weekend. That's awesome. Um, That really goes to show how strong of their chemistry was. And I know you mentioned that also in your story. Can you kind of elaborate what it was like for the team and how they all bonded together this season? Yeah. I actually talked to Destiny Rodriguez, mm-hmm. who mentioned to me that, end quote, she said, hands down, this is my favorite team I've ever been on. And she would talk to me about how she doesn't see these girls as teammates, as fellow cheerleaders, but she sees them as her family. She sees them as her sister, which could be the fact that she's actually a third-year student here at RCC. So she's been with these girls for years and that there's no other group that she would rather be with than this team that she is with right now. That's awesome. 
really just a strong team. They all bonded together, um, and they had a lot of experience. And I think that's really what goes well when you're trying to have a championship team is the experience and meshing together. I think yeah. that's what it is. I would say that they had like great chemistry based on every answer I got from the girls about yeah. what it was like going into this competition with these girls that you're with. Mm-hmm. They all talked about that. These were their sisters that they just are a special group and that there was no one that they would rather go to this level with. So so really it's not any any one person being selfish. They're all just working hard for one another. Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's awesome. All right. Well, was there anything else that really stuck out to you about this competition and what the cheerleaders said? And is there anything that you really want to summarize to listeners at home? I think the one thing I would like to say is that the cheerleaders did feel that this win will help them boost their respect in the athletics department Mm. that I was told that they feel that in the past that cheer is seen more of a not a sport Mm, gotcha not seen as their athletes they're just there to to root on whatever on the athletes that's what they feel that they're seen as so I talked to Destiny Rodriguez and she said that she hopes that this win will help them gain some respect and have them not be so overlooked as they've been in the past gotcha that's a really good good thought to end on um i definitely want to see more coverage of them um i wish they would i wish they would compete a lot closer i know they had a few here in riverside but um definitely in the future i would love to see more coverage especially since they're national champions now Um, Once again, a big congratulations to all the cheerleaders out there, as well as the co-ed team for getting third place. And like I said, the the regular cheerleaders, the all-girls team, placed first. They are national champions, so congratulations to them. Delilah Romero, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, Before you go, I always love to have any guest on. Just give the people what you're working on. What's something that you really want to tell them? Right now, trying to get this story published Mm -hmm. so I can have it online to show people, show the cheerleaders what Mm -hmm. I did with all their interviews. And next, I want to cover a softball game. I haven't been able to cover any softball games lately, so I think I want to work on spreading out from baseball and going into a different sport. There you go. Delilah Romero, she is a staff reporter with the sports section here at Viewpoints. You can catch her story that will be out by the time this comes out, this episode. And also, like she said, check out her past stories and check out her future stories coming soon. Joining me now is not only a member of Viewpoints, but also one of our national champion cheerleaders. This is Ailani Cervantes. Welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. This is really cool. Um, I do have to admit I'm not as knowledgeable when it comes to cheer, so hopefully you can give me some some pointers, some, some help with how the scoring is and what the techniques are like, but... The first question I want to ask you is, what was the journey and the experience like for not only you, but the entire team? 
I mean, it was awesome. Last year, we didn't get a lot of traveling. We got to travel to Sacramento for a stunt tournament, but we didn't mainly focus on cheer like we did this year. The okay. main goal was Daytona, and that was what we were working for. We decided that from the beginning of the year that that's what we wanted, and we wanted that championship. So that's really what we worked for. So that's kind of, yeah, I guess what the main goal was and how we kind of planned it out. And traveling with the team was amazing because... We, like I said, we didn't get that last year. Mm -hmm. So for us to be able to get all of that, the traveling on the bus, the the whole thing is just exciting because yeah. it's it's like you know it's like school school field trips when you're younger. Yeah, you know you're, you have a good time because it's outside of school. Definitely. But I mean, it's a different experience when you're staying in the hotels with your best friends, and you know it's something you're all very excited for mm -hmm. and had been looking forward to for months, if not a year, if you're on the a returner. So you mentioned you're with your best friends and everything. What type of chemistry did you guys have and what was the team composed of was it more younger people was there a lot of returners what was the dynamic like with the team I would say most of it was a new team. Maybe a good 20% was returners, which was awesome because we did have a, a good amount of third years that mm -hmm. were able to kind of just lead us through yeah. the whole thing and really just kind of calm us down because a lot of us were new to cheer or like competitive at that point. Because a lot of people, you know, you have your game day mm -hmm. in high school, but for everyone to just step out like that, it was really nice to have returners on the team like that. And even with freshmen, they really stepped up to the plate with you know, having not really had the experience of college cheer to automatically going to one of the biggest competitions you're ever going to face yeah. in college cheerleading. That's got to be such a huge moment. And obviously, all the the new people, they, they rose to the challenge. But that's so cool. And so what were some of the things that you guys had to really focus on to succeed in the national championship? What techniques, what just give me the world of cheerleading as a whole of like what was the main thing that you guys had to focus on I think what we needed to focus on mainly was calming down mm. because we all have the ability mm -hmm. and we didn't doubt anyone and that's something we had a conversation about all of us girls went into the room and we kind of before we competed day one, we decided to just kind of have a little powwow, just kind of mm -hmm. talk to each other. And we told each other, we're not worried about anyone not hitting their skills and falling. We were confident in everyone. It was just when nerves hit, you know, a little bit too much adrenaline and you're going a little too crazy with the yeah. muscles, you know. Yeah. But I think it was just more of the calming down because the skill level was there and we knew that from the beginning that that's not what we lacked it was more just calming down and communicating as best as we can mm -hmm. and i think that's what kind of helped us lead into that so a lot of taking in the moment but not being overwhelmed by it for sure gotcha. i mean we had someone who competed i'm not sure if you've ever seen the show but it was a big show on netflix cheer that's actually something yeah. that delilah had mentioned in her story yeah. about that that's really cool uh, they didn't broadcast it this year, right? No, I believe they did not. But okay. one of the head cheerleaders from that team, Navarro, she was actually a coach this year. She mm -hmm. got to speak with a few of us when we were warming up. She just told us to really take in the moment and enjoy it for what it is because next thing you know, it's going to be over. And it's yeah. something, you know, like I said, you look forward to. And it's going to be over within the snap of a finger, just kind of blacking out, you know, when yeah. you're out there because the lights are on you. But... I mean, it was awesome. I think day two is more when we decided to really relax and just enjoy the fact that we were there and competing at all, you okay. know? Um, moving on with a different question, and I had mentioned this earlier. What's the difference between this type of cheerleading competition compared to 
something like stunt or gymnastics? Okay, so with I was actually a gymnast for about okay. nine years. Wow. Yeah, so I did that before I did cheerleading, so it was a big jump. Mm-hmm. So for gymnastics, it's more of, yes, you still do all the flips. You know, it, you're not tossing anyone. It's more kind of your own individual sport. So a big change for me was having to depend on people. Gotcha. Because more for myself, you know, I could just kind of beat myself up about it. But when you're depending on other teammates, it's a different kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But... Even with stunt, it's kind of the same thing as cheer, I would say. It's a little bit more serious, not so dancey, but it's. I would think that stunt is also a little bit more cutthroat, too, with just having to be as sharp. But same thing, just the support of your teammates is what makes the big difference. It's just the cheering on the sideline. Even our, we had a lot of girls that were... Um, not competing on the mat with us, mm-hmm. but just having them there in uniform, cheering us on, coming to warm-ups with us, just it all really helped a lot, for sure. It really just goes to show your guys' chemistry, your bonding, and you've mentioned that already before, but you keep emphasizing it, and it's really cool. And I know every championship team for whatever sport mm-hmm. has to have great chemistry and bonding, but it seems as if the cheer team this year had a, a different level compared to most other national championship teams. Oh, for sure. And I mean, even compared to last year, we said this a lot. I just think being surrounded by the girls we had this year Mm -hmm. made a big difference because we always told each other from the beginning, communicate, don't get mad at each other, and don't stay quiet. If something's wrong and you think you can fix it, you say it, and it's it's all communication. Mm -hmm. So I think that really helped us just don't get mad, you know, be calm. Cause I mean, we're a bunch of teenage girls out here. Yeah. Obviously everyone's very opinionated, <laughs> yep. but yeah, that was a big thing. Just, we always emphasize that even at practices, communicate, communicate. And I think our coaches noticed that too. A big change from last year is that no one was really bickering. It was just a big team. It was a big family and we all felt like sisters at the end of the day. And especially after heading to Florida, it was a big change for all of us. That's awesome. My final question for you before I let you go is what does this mean for the cheer program and what does it do to help in the future of RCC cheer? I think it's going to bring in a lot of people and great competition. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, Daytona is as big as it gets for college cheer. Mm -hmm. And when you see a local team from the Inland Empire coming in and they're winning a national championship for the first time ever even heading out with an all-girl team or even a co-ed team. Our co-ed team, I think, had last gone in 92 or 93, I believe. And this year they went and got third? They got third in the nation, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and that was even with a fall on day one. Wow. I mean, day one was a little bit rough for both teams. I mean, all-girl was in second place by Mm -hmm. like half a point and then co-ed was still down in third but they had a fall and they were able to up their score even higher the next day so i just i mean it's a it's a big change and i think with people seeing how we can pursue that or just how much of a family we are i mean they see us we all post together we hang out outside of cheer i mean it's a big it's a sisterhood and i think people are going to see that and see not only are we winning but we're having a good time doing it too you know yeah and i and i think even with our new coaching staff we have Coach Sarah who hopped on for co-ed. She's an mm-hmm. amazing coach, very well-known in the cheer industry for co-ed. She has a well-known high school team, Talkowitz High School, out in okay. Emmett. Yep. Yeah, so I just think the new coaching staff, the way we just put our heads in the game right away from the beginning and decided that we wanted to change and this is what our goal was, I think people are going to notice that, and I think they already do. And I think that's really going to bring in some great competition this year. We're going to have a good turnout at tryouts, I'm hoping. That's awesome. It's going to have such a lasting impact 
and I want to leave you by saying congratulations again. Thank you. Um, that's so cool to see. And I, I wish we could have gone out there to get some coverage, yeah. but all the way across the country, that's a little yeah. hard. <laughs> but um, thank you, Ilani Cervantes, awesome. for hopping thank on you. the show. I had a good time. It was a pleasure nice having Nice and smooth. <laughs> exactly. Um, thank you once again. Hopefully, we'll see you next time. For sure. Thank you. Now, for the segment that you all know and love, it is time to welcome back Mr. Hayden Kulik for the Hayden Kulik Power Hour. How's it going, friend? It's going pretty good. How's it going with you? Uh, Hanging in there, man. It's uh, NFL draft season, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So what we're going to do, because it would take forever if we did it, Similar to like the athletic football show, yeah. they did a ma- mock draft just today. Um, we're going to just do the top ten picks, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about our own picks from the LA teams, and then we're going to discuss just any sleeper picks that yeah. you might have. So, let's start the number one overall pick in the NFL draft this season at the moment: the Carolina Panthers. It's going to be C.J. Stroud. You have C.J. Stroud going to be C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of smoke from the S2 cognition test, talking about how he scored really low. Some might call it the Wonder Lick. I know, the new Wonder Lick. Yes. And I'm not sure if you've looked at the Wonder Lick before. It really doesn't matter what you score on that. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick had... The highest the score highest. from any quarterback ever. And, and he was he had fun moments, but he wasn't any <laughs> consistent yeah. great this player. This is supposed to... Like, go a little bit better with football just in general the s2 tests so but i think we've seen enough of them and then uh during like the combine season the uh, panthers were sending like 14 like scouts out to go watch him when like normally that you only send out like a couple scouts to watch a guy like the panthers obviously like really want this guy so I would imagine they're picking C.J. Stroud. He fits the mold of Frank Reich, where mm-hmm. he's a tall quarterback, big guy. That was also Frank Reich back when he played. So I can see that. Personally, I don't like it for the Panthers. I'm a big fan of Bryce Young, mostly because, one, he's from California. He played yeah. at Modern Day. Yeah. I always got a root for California people. But, two— Modern Day isn't that far from here either. No, no. Uh, my cousin, he played basketball for Santa Margarita, so oh, yeah. I would always go to Modern Day to see them. And oh, like wow. Stanley Johnson, that's oh, when he yeah, played. The it was a good time. So uh, I'm a big fan of Bryce Young. I think he should be the number one overall pick, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers go with Stroud at one. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they went for Young either. So, I think whoever doesn't go one is probably going to go two. Okay. So in that case, you mean... With the Texans, with the second pick, you I, have them picking Bryce, Bryce Young. Young. However, now that I say that, I don't know. Because if if Bryce Young gets taken first overall, I don't know if they're going Stroud. See, that's the point that I was going to bring up. I'm going to be referencing this a lot, listener, but driving into school today, I was listening to the athletic football show, and they had their mock draft. They had Bryce Young going first, and then the Texans would go with a defensive player Will Anderson, number two. Yeah. So in my case, I have Bryce Young going first, and I think they would follow the same thing, although I think they wouldn't necessarily go Will Anderson, and they might go, uh, what's his name, Tyree Wilson? Yeah, Tyree Wilson. Yes. He 
has jumped up a ton yeah. recently. He's similar to uh, Trayvon Walker from last year. Yeah. Just lots of potential. Lots of potential. And I think a big reason why that guy's jumped is because of how Jalen Carter has fallen. <sighs> you know, listener, just don't do drugs. <laughs> don't have any weapons on you. Stay out of just, trouble, and you can be a number one overall pick in the le- NFL draft. Do legal things. Yes, do legal things. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. He's really taken that spot as the one of the number one picks for the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So um, my pick is Tyree Wilson going to the Texans at number two. See, I think, like I said, if Stroud goes one, Bryce Young's going too, but okay. if Stroud, if uh, Bryce Young goes one, I think Will Anderson's going to go to the Texans then. Gotcha. Because the only thing about the Texans picking a quarterback mm-hmm. is they're throwing a rookie quarterback into a horrible situation. Yeah, you need to be 100% positive that you have the right tools and you have the right guy. And right now, the Texans just don't have the right tools. tools. They have like a solid O-line. They got a couple decent dudes on the O-line. They and still then, have uh, Laramie Tunsil, right? Yeah. Just signed the huge contract extension. So they have at least one good offensive then, line. I don't know. They have a couple other good guys on the line. Yeah. And then... Oh, my gosh. Defensively, they're just not Oh, good. yeah, no, there's not a single good they're, player they're in that defense. Good. So it makes sense to go with the pass rush. We saw how the Rams were a couple years ago where they got Von Miller, and that really helped yeah, out a, their pass team. Pass rush is really the way to, like, build a defense. Yeah. I mean, look at the 49ers. They make it to, like, the NFC Championship every year, and they have one of the best it's, pass rushes yeah, no, in the league. Best front seven possible. Yeah. Also, the Eagles making the Super Bowl most sacks this year. Yeah. It's just the way to go. Um, in this mock draft that we're doing, we're not going to have any trades no. because, honestly, the Cardinals will likely trade their pick. Yeah, there's a really high chance for that. But we are not going to speculate who they might trade it to. So, at number three, the Cardinals don't need a quarterback because Kyler Murray is not going anywhere. They signed him to a contract extension. It'd just be dumb if they yeah, traded no, him. No, they're not picking a quarterback. So, in this case, another defensive player. Will Anderson going to the Cardinals in my mock draft. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, see, with them, quarterback is like the only thing that they do have. Yeah. I That's mean, a good point. They have Kyler. Say what you want about Kyler, but he's good. They're he's just going to be in a full rebuild the next couple years. Yeah. This year won't help with Kyler Murray being out most of the season. Yeah, and then they could really go anywhere with this pick that's why I think they're going to trade down mm-hmm. but yeah I think they'll go Tyree Wilson okay. in my world yeah there you go or actually sorry Will Anderson because I forgot I, I, I got like two different mock drafts going on like <laughs> so far but I'm going to go Stroud 1 Bryson 2 Will Anderson 3 okay this is Hayden Kulik folks he is the guy who just has all the possibilities I know I, I, I'm mind. making two mock drafts at one time <laughs> We're going to have to start writing this down. <laughs> um, the next pick is the wild card. Nobody knows what's going to happen here. It is the I Indianapolis know. Colts. And everybody knows one thing for sure. They're picking a quarterback. If they don't, it'd just be the weirdest thing. There's nobody really that they would pick over any of the quarterbacks. Every other position is average. Mm-hmm. Quarterback is Way they're below average on yes. that team. So, who do you think they're picking in your first mock draft where you've already had? Yeah, I'm only going to stick with that one. I'm going we'll to stick, stick with, with that one. one. Yes. 
There's one quarterback in this draft that's already wearing blue and white, and I could just see him wearing a Colts uniform. That man's Will Levis. Will Levis, wow. They don't right. need a project quarterback yeah. like Anthony Richardson. I know Will Levis isn't actually like polished either, mm-hmm. but but he's twenty three. Yeah, he's and got reps. Anthony Richardson, he's I think he's too much of a project for what they're trying to do over okay. there, because okay. they have a team that has a roster that's pretty much built to win now outside of quarterback. They've been, I mean, they just made the playoffs two, two years two ago. Years ago with uh, Philip Rivers, so you know. Then they barely missed it with. Carson Wentz. Yep. They're close. They're and definitely close. And that's the, a wide open division. It is. Yeah. It really is. Jaguars definitely had a great year last year, but it's still wide open. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I can agree with you with that thought process. Although, in my mock draft, I had uh, Bryce Young going first, and I only have one quarterback off the board. This is where C.J. Stroud goes for me. Yeah. No, I can see that for sure, for sure. One, he's close to Indiana, um, so they get a lot of scouting done there. Mm -hmm. It's easier to travel. Mm -hmm. And while he did mess up that cognition test, I think he's just a very good prospect. He's got accuracy Mm -hmm. for sure, and that's something that is hard to teach. So... I have C.J. Stroud going to the Colts. I really wonder how much like scouts care about that test. That is a good point. I guess we'll see because C.J. Stroud, if he falls below like six or seven, I know we're gonna be like, wow. <laughs> then you know scouts don't like it as much. Let's move on now. We're halfway through. We're at number five. This is the Seattle Seahawks, and they don't need a quarterback. They have good receivers. I know. They I got, think what what is their main need that they really so are looking at? When I look at that team, they got a couple weaknesses, but they're a pretty good team. Yeah, I mean they made the playoffs. Their offensive line is horrible. Okay. And outside of the offensive line, the defense needs some help too. They have like no good pass rush. So we're looking at the lines really. Yeah. Offensive and defensive line. And one thing that got exposed by them last year is uh, after Jordan Brooks went down in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. they had no depth at linebacker. Mm. There was like Tanner Muse and someone else, and they were just getting absolutely killed by the 49ers. Interesting. So we have the pro football focus mock draft up here, (laughs) listener. So we've got all of our positions up. Yeah. And who are you picking at five, knowing their needs? I don't know if I'm picking him, but Peter Skaronsky, mm-hmm. like, I'd say about a month or two ago, was the consensus best tackle. But he's fallen recently mm-hmm. in favor of the man who I think is going to go, and that's Paris Johnson Jr. Interesting. Athletic specimen. Absolutely. He's a monster. He's huge. So we got Ohio State guys going. They got two in the top five. Yes. Wow. Okay. They were a good team, man. They were definitely a good team. <laughs> Made it to the... Well, they made the playoffs, and they lost barely to Georgia on that comeback. Yeah, dude. They shouldn't have lost, honestly, but... <laughs> that kicker, man. That guy can't yeah, see the no. state of Ohio ever again. <laughs> He's going to go transfer to maybe not USC or UCLA because they have to go to the Big Ten in the next couple years. But, He's going uh, to the Mountain West, baby. Mountain West! Uh, okay, I can see that. Although, personally, we've been mentioning defense and... I think, stay with me here, this is possibly the 
maybe not controversial, but maybe a little higher than we might have expected, Jalen Carter. He's going to go five think so? to the Seahawks. I really just wonder how much his legal issues are going to kind of mess with him. Because we've seen it go both ways where legal issues have make, made the people go undrafted. Yeah. We've also seen like situations where they just don't care. He was a projected number one pick, and that carries a lot of weight. So I think he won't fall out of the first round. No. And the Seahawks, in my opinion, they deal with a lot of bad media sometimes. Uh, Jamal Adams definitely mm. is a guy who comes to mind where he Dude, makes... I forgot he existed. Yeah, you know, he missed the whole year, but he yeah. makes headlines. Uh DK Metcalf is not necessarily bad media, but like but he gets a lot of attention. They get a lot of attention in Seattle, so um, I'm gonna go with Jalen Carter. I mm-hmm. don't think he can make way too many headlines for a team that already makes enough headlines. Yeah, so that's my pick. And also, uh, dude, coaching over there, Pete Carroll's a pretty good guy. He could probably shape him up a bit. Yeah, for sure. Gino seems like a pretty genuine guy too. Yeah, they'll I mean, be, they can definitely they'll be help fine. out. It stinks saying that as a Rams fan, but you know they'll be fine. Next okay. up, this is actually the Rams pick, but it's being traded to the Lions in the Matthew Stafford trade. We have the Detroit Lions at six. Really, they had an emerging receiver with Amon Ra St. Brown. But he did suffer some injuries, and after that, the depth wasn't there. And then so they drafted Jamison Williams in the first round last year, but he's oh, missing the first six games. Yeah, he uh, he had betting issues. Yeah, dude, you can't gamble in your team's facilities. It's a rule, and he just, I guess, did not know that. Yeah, well, he didn't gamble on NFL, but he just gambled, gambled on, on a the, different sport, yeah. I guess. But you just can't do it at, like, the team's facilities. Yep. So here, they really need some offensive help. Because um, they, they did sign some guys. They did, for they sure. Signed, uh, they signed a couple DBs, I Yeah, believe. they signed that one corner from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, I should know this. My dad's a Steelers fan, but I, I'm blanking. Yeah, but no, he's he's solid. Yep. Yeah, no, they've definitely signed some guys. So, in this case, this might be where we see our first receiver taken? What, what are you thinking here? In my world... Jalen Carter is still available. Okay. I think the Lions are going to take a long look at that man. And they're going to they're going to have to think cuz they got a really good like culture thing going on mm-hmm. there. They got some good guys. They all seem like they're having fun. And I but... think because of that, they're going to skip over him. Okay. And one man that I still have on my board mm-hmm. is Tyree Wilson. Oh, they're yeah. They're going to select him. That's probably the best spot because not only do they have Aiden Hutchinson, mm-hmm. but they also had another rookie have dude, like was ten it, sacks. He was like James Houston, the fourth. Yes. Dude, he's like that. So if dude. you you can deal with the project of Tyree Wilson mm-hmm. if you're the Lions, and you can have him really going in like his third year, mm-hmm. and that defense would be incredible. I know they already have like two really good young dudes yeah. on the defensive line. Throw another one in there. Mm-hmm. Like we said earlier. The D line really is what you need to focus on. Yeah. So I like That's my that philosophy. Pick. At I least. like that pick. I'm gonna go with. I'm torn between a tight end or a wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jacob. Yeah, they just got rid of T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, they did, and I think their backup 
either he left or he's just not very good either. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, the tight end out of Utah just because I saw him demolish USC in the Pac-12 championship, yeah. I believe it was. Dalton Kincaid. Okay. That's his name. Gotcha. So he's definitely going to go in the top 10 for sure. Um, I would think a lot of teams yeah. need weapons still. There's like three tight ends that are like supposed to be premier for this draft class. So it's a tight end draft, huh? QB and tight ends. I'm just not the biggest tight end in the first round guy. Just okay. in general, I think you really there's not that many tight ends that end up being that special to where you need to draft them in the first round. Gotcha. But well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I'm gonna go tight end still, and you're picking Tyree Wilson. It's a good choice. Mm -hmm. And now, here's the second wild card of the top ten, and this is the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Oakland. It's still ingrained in my brain. You think of the Raiders, you think of one thing. Legal issues. (laughs) (laughs) So are you saying, are you saying? Jalen Carter? Carter? No, I'm saying Anthony Richardson's going to go there. I think they're going to go with him. Give a little project. Give he can proj- sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. for the first year. That's actually Jimmy a smart Garoppolo choice. isn't the worst dude to learn behind. I mean, he's made it to an NFC championship. He's won Super Bowls. He's won Super Bowls. He hasn't started in Super Bowls, but he's played. He's in one. played in a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, you know, he's been around. He knows what it takes. That's honestly successful, a dude. Good pick for the Raiders. I don't think they'd be too upset if that was the choice. No. I can agree with you here because I haven't had Richardson off my draft board yet, I don't believe. And I will match you. He's going to go to the Raiders. The one thing about Richardson, man, is that remember when Malik Willis got all that hype before the last draft? Yep. And he barely got selected in the third round? To counter your point, though, no team needed a quarterback in last year's draft. So... He well, besides the Steelers, but yeah. the Steelers also were linked to not picking quarterback. They just chose one. Yeah. So that could be different. Where this is actual confidence and the team mm-hmm. wanting this guy. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, next up is a very interesting team, and they've put themselves in a decent position for the future. I feel the, the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons. They're an underrated team, man. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're a quarterback away, but they could also... They're going to ride with Ritter, I think. They could go with Ritter for one more year, see how he is, and just build the team around anybody. It could be Ritter. It could be a quarterback next year. So in this case, what do they need besides quarterback? Everything on defense. Okay. They literally that made everything. Like, uh, They've got a couple of decent pieces. They got A.J. Terrell. Mm-hmm. And then, like, really not too much outside of him. Gotcha. Uh, I was thinking maybe something like a playmaker on offense, but they did just draft Drake London. Mm, that's right. They uh, And they have tight end solved, and their O-line is respectable. It's, it's good enough. So I'm thinking they go defense, but the only thing is they can pick – anything on defense yeah i said they have um like one of their only good things on defense was aj terrell mm-hmm. but 
there's this really good corner man, Christian Gonzalez. And okay. Like he's him and Devin Witherspoon are supposed to be like the one and two corners. Gotcha. And I think at this position, the Falcons need to look at them and be like, is it more important that we get two lockdown corners or do we start building on somewhere else in the defense? And they're in like this gray area in this to where it feels like a reach maybe to go on one of these guys, but if they do anything else, it's like, I don't know. It never hurts in this current state of the NFL to pick a good cornerback. Not only that, but these rookie corners, like, historically rookie corners are just aren't good. But yeah. recently, like, the young corners have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Sauce Gardner last year. Yep. The year before that, Patrick Sertain. J.C. Horn had a breakout year this year in his second year. I can definitely see them going with that corner. And to be honest, this is where I get a little murky with my picks. So I'm going to match you there. Christian Gonzalez, cornerback out of Oregon, mm-hmm. going to the Falcons. Yeah. It makes sense. That's gonna, something they can use. I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez. Too. Okay. And now the team that originally had the first overall pick now has the ninth. We got the Chicago Bears. And this one, they got to go lineman. It's just something that I, I – they can't pick anything else with their first pick and be considered winners, in my opinion. So – I agree with you there, but back when they had the first overall pick, there was one dude, or I guess two dudes, that were mocked to go first overall. Mm-hmm. One of those mans, one of those men, sorry, not mans, <laughs> <laughs> was Jalen Carter. He's still on your board, isn't he? He's going to find his way to Chicago. Wow. You know, that'd be a steal for them, for sure. And Chicago, I think, would welcome him mm-hmm. with open arms. Um, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. No, and the only thing is, it's like, like we've been talking about, just legal issues make him drop. Yeah. But it's not crazy to say that he would drop to there. In this case, Jalen Carter's off my board, and I said O-line, so I'm torn between the top two. You've got Paris Johnson, or you've got uh, Peter Skaronski. Mm-hmm. Um... Peter Skaronski is considered the higher guy. Do you know specifically which positions? Are they left tackles? Are they both right tackles? Is it one and one? Generally, left tackle is yeah. just like That's what the I top dudes. They like, were. Not only that, but like people draft like just tackles all the time and they'll play them at either side. So I'm just going to go with Peter Skaronski. One, because Ohio State, it felt to me... And I could be completely wrong. I didn't watch as much Ohio State football as I probably should have, but I felt they did allow a bit too much pressure mm-hmm. to C.J. Stroud. And so while Northwestern is not a very good team, that's just who I'm going to go with, Peter Skaronski with the Bears. Makes sense. Really does. And now our final top ten pick, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. This team is all over the place when it comes to who they might pick. They could use literally any position, but it's not a need because they just made the Super yeah. Bowl. I've think... seen them link to the running back, Bijan Robinson, but they could also pick any other position and it would be considered a win. I think they're going to end up going defense because they lost uh, 
they lost some dudes. Mm-hmm. They lost uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson, one mm-hmm. DB, and I think, well, he's not going to play safety for him, but I think they're, they're going to pick Devin Witherspoon. Okay. Because one weak spot on that team I felt was corner, just in general. Gotcha. And, um, yeah. Darius Slade really, did seem to give up a couple big plays yeah. here and there. Not only that, but they could really back up some of those young, uh, like a dude like Darius Slay with some youth because Darius Slay, he ain't getting younger. <laughs> if there was one other spot besides the Cardinals to trade, it would be this spot at 10. Normally, if you're a really good team and you don't have a glaring need at any position, you just mm-hmm. go for the trade. You trade down. And the Eagles could definitely do that. If they don't, I wouldn't be completely shocked if they went with Bijan Robinson, so I'm going to go with that pick. I'm not a fan of picking running backs early or in the first round in general, but it's not out of the question, and that's going to be my pick. No. One more thing with the uh, pick that I had with Devin Witherspoon is that James Bradbury lost them the Super Bowl. That's a good point. Good point. Not only that, but a lot of people, including myself, think that man was a bit overrated in the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. I think we saw it in the Super Bowl. Makes a lot of unnecessary contact, and it wasn't until the biggest stage that it got called. So, Gotcha. Well, there's our top ten. It's different for both of us, but it's reasonable. It's probably how it's not going to happen. It's going to be completely no, different. dude. Watch like some like receiver get like well, taken Levis first gonna overall. Levis is going to go first. First Cause overall. Because that, that one dude on Reddit that is like that made his like <laughs> draft odds jump. Oh gosh. Um, we're just going to do this super quick succession since we're running a little short on time here. Mm-hmm. Um, give me your three sleeper picks. I don't have any except for Joey Porter because my dad's a Steelers fan and that's who <laughs> I've expected to be seen. And we're not going to talk about who our own teams might pick unless one of your sleepers is going to your team. So, that's rough. But um, I know, I'm putting you on the spot. I really, one of my guys that I really like is uh, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. It's hard to not, like, helmet scout and say, like, oh, he looks like this guy because he went to Ole Miss. But he does have a, give remnants of A.J. Brown, big physical guy that has some... Uh, yak yard potential. Gotcha. Um, and not only that, but Ole Miss has been pretty successful with the receivers recently with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Mm. So Jonathan Mingo is a guy that I like a lot. And then one dude who's not only been mocked to the Chargers in like drafts, but also a guy that I like. He's not one of the top tight ends, but Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. Okay. I like him a lot. And then. Um, Give me your last one right my here. My last one. I can't. Give me a second to get his name. Give me a second to get his name. Let's get a quick little, maybe a drum roll. Dude, where is it? What's what? Dude, what's it? I'm blanking so far. He didn't have it yet. (laughs) It's, um... You know, the one guy who I'm interested to see go while you're thinking Mm -hmm. of your person is Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Yeah. Mostly because, one, my name is Gibbs. And, two, (laughs) I watched him play. He seemed pretty good. And uh, any team that gets him would be... Really lucky to have him. I feel. Yep. Do you My have other your pick? sleeper is a running back. Okay, who you got for him? Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. Of, um, Syracuse. He's quick. Interesting. I like him. I don't know. He just you look at the way he plays, and it feels like he should have more hype than he does right now. Interesting. There's a lot of like low key running backs in this draft. That's it's how deep it class. Is. Like a lot of these guys, like. They're good, but, you know, they're just running backs, so they probably won't go that high. 
Well, there you have it. That is our 2023 NFL Draft Mock Draft, um, as well as a couple sleeper picks. And Kulik, as always, it's a pleasure having you on the show, man. See you next time. We'll see you next time. And that's going to do it for this episode of Chew the Clock. I want to thank once again all my guests that appeared today. That was Delilah Romero, Ilani Cervantes, and Hayden Kulik. It was great to hear about the Cheer National Championship, and I always enjoy talking football with Hayden. He is very knowledgeable, especially about prospects. You can catch our newest issue of Viewpoints, our recent newspaper. It will be out by the time this episode comes out. You can also check us out online at viewpointsonline.org for more breaking news stories and sports stories. Until next time, this has been Peter Gibbs saying so long for now.